On today's pod, we have Stephanie. Stephanie is back, actually. She aired in our very first pod, and we're doing these, and this is a bit of a check-in as well as a bio-sketch. And again, it was great to have this candid conversation with a student where I was inspired and learned a ton of things. And she actually, for a young person, it's a constant reminder about how we can share and when we share, how we can inspire each other. So please lean in and enjoy my conversation with Stephanie. All right, everybody, welcome back to the pod. Today, it's a bit of a, a reunion of sorts. We have uh, Stephanie on the podcast, and she, this podcast will be number 30, and she is now sharing an anniversary with us. So welcome back, Stephanie. Hi. So it's really cool because now we've had a month to think about since we recorded the first podcast. How is your summer going under quarantine so far? I think... As a whole, quarantine just keeps getting better. I don't know if it's in part of just getting more used to it and more of a routine or if it's like the warm weather and being able to take advantage of that. But I I feel a little bit better every day, I'd say. If I recall, you had some, uh, you you, you earlier said that sharing the women or sharing the house with a a bunch of women was kind of hard, but that, that sounds like family and everything else has worked its way out of being a problem yeah I mean it's just like it's just like normal family stuff my family is like really close and but we're having a great time like we like to hang out together and I think you know before when everyone's out of the house you're used to having space but I think everyone's now actually like more used to being together and when someone leaves actually to like go on a walk with their friends or whatever it's actually more difficult when they're gone now Oh, cool. So you've, you've built new habits that, that your, your circle, your social circle has actually tightened a little bit in terms of the, not the numbers, well, the numbers too, but also the, the relationships because you're sharing this, this quarantine together. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if someone leaves, you know, 30 minutes after they leave or after like I leave, I'll get a text saying, I miss you, come home. <laughs> and that's not just pandering, that's genuine missing then. <laughs> yeah, the house feels empty. Yeah, that's cool. And so what, what are you concerned about moving into the fall, like knowing that we're going to be doing remote teaching? What, what concerns you now? I guess a little bit of what concerns me is just not being able to take full advantage of the courses and everything like that. Like I'm a person who really enjoys the whole experience, like meeting the prof, sitting in class, learning with people, and then during class, or during the breaks in class, like discussing or asking questions to my friends. And I feel with online lectures, you know, not everyone's at the same place. Like someone may have not watched the video lecture yet or whatever. So I feel like that's something that I'm going to miss out on is just feeling like a collective group that's going through this like school year together. I don't, I don't want you to do my, my job for me, but do you, do you have any advice on how you might be able to engage students if you're a professor? Like, what would you do differently in this virtual world? Because I think that's, that'd be quite helpful. One thing that I actually really enjoy, and it always sounds like a drag when you first hear it, but is quizzes that will, like, keep you up to date. Because it's kind of annoying when you hear, oh, my gosh, we're going a quiz every week or every other week. I have to do so much work. But when it comes to the midterm or the final, you feel so much more relaxed because you've been doing just little tiny pieces of the course the whole way along. Okay. 
I was going to keep my quizzes. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> what would you do about the social interaction? Is there anything you could think you could, would you have more teamwork? Would you have less? Like how, how do you get that social interaction that you're missing? I guess one idea would be for students who are looking for that, creating like Zoom sessions for them so they could meet together and discuss or I like to do problems with people and work my way through them. So I guess one thing a prof could do is randomly assign groups of five students to hop on a Zoom call and solve a problem, something like that, instead of a quiz, do like a group quiz session online. Do you know what a flipped classroom is? Now we're really going down the rabbit hole here, but a flipped classroom is when you get the lecture in advance and then essentially the lecture time just becomes tutorials, like where you could do all those things you just talked about because you wouldn't have to present the lecture. Presumably everybody has watched it. Do you think that would work or do you, are your concerned is that maybe people just wouldn't have done the work in advance? I'm the type of person, I, and I think most people, especially in science, like we're just used to being on top of the ball. So I, I think that would definitely work. And then I think it's a nice alternative to like asking questions and like typing them out. And it gives students actually a little bit of a chance to think about the, the work that's being presented and extrapolating questions based on that, that they may not have thought of when they were first presented with the information. Yeah, no, that's good advice. Uh, anyway, that, that's my job, not yours. I just, we were talking about that before we went to air. And so I thought we did, we'd just continue that conversation. Let's go back to talk about you a little bit and maybe your journey toward to Ryerson and, and uh, the, the journey thus far. Did you always know what you wanted to be when you were a kid? Do you know what you want to be now? I think that I've had a general direction and there's been moments in my life where it deviates. I actually went to an arts high school. I was in uh, the regional drama program in high school. And so around like, like 14, 15 years old, I was like, I'm gonna be an actor. I'm gonna go to theater school, this is gonna be it. And then obviously I took a, like a very sharp turn later on and around grades 11 and 12 when I started taking like not just general science, but actual like biology, chemistry classes. I really, really enjoyed those classes. I had phenomenal like teachers. I remember for those courses, I got like, you know, that one teacher where if you get it, everyone's like, oh, you're so lucky you got that teacher. So they made it so fun. And I, I applied for all science programs. I didn't apply for any uh, theater programs in grade 12. And then within science, I've had some deviations, but I think I'm gonna stick on the path to healthcare because I really do enjoy working with people. Yeah, no, and that's awesome. And, and I would encourage everybody in, uh, on our podcast to listen to Sarah Koufax, the interview with Sarah Koufax or Beverly uh, Buzon or both. One is a staff member at Ryerson who started in theater and now has found science. And then Beverly, Dr. Beverly Buzon still gets royalty checks because she was an, a childhood actor in high school. <laughs> so the, your path is not, that idea that you just had is not too foreign considering that there are already two people in our, in our short little list of interviews who have lived that experience. So that's really cool that, you, uh, that you're with us now. So, okay, so healthcare, we'll come back to that a little bit later. Where, you, where was hometown again? You told us the first time, but I forget. Uh, I live in Mississauga. Mississauga. Okay. And so you came to Ryerson. Why? Um, a couple reasons. I have a lot of family, a lot of cousins who are older and went there. And then my, my two older sisters went there. So I already had a pretty good image of it. Like a, it had a good reputation in my head. And then it, it really came down to like location. 
it's downtown, like Young Dundas, center of downtown, which is amazing. It's like 45 minutes from my house, so I'm able to live at home and commute. And it's a, it's a little bit of a smaller university compared to U of T, right, which is also gives me that downtown experience. And I really enjoy having a more personal relationship with like professors and students and not sitting in a classroom of 2000 and feeling lost. It's lost, it's not as uh, daunting when there's a little bit of a smaller community. And not all communities like ours has a podcast that you are now participating in twice. <laughs> so, exactly. so thank you. Thank you for doing that and proving exactly what you just said um, by being involved in, in what we're trying to do. And I think that's cool that you had some alumni connections. How many, you said you, your sisters, but then you said family too. So how many alumni are in, so are your family? Off the top of my head, like four or five, six. <laughs> Wow. I think six okay. now that I'm counting. I have a lot of cousins on, on one side of my family of 18. So. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's just a big family. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. Crazy. Good stuff. So what do you say, what has been the, maybe the most challenging thing about the transition to Ryerson? Back in my first year, I think it would just be the workload. I never really did homework weekly. Like I would only study for a test when there was one coming up, but the day to day, I would just finish my work in class and then hang out with my friends like every day. And then I got to Ryerson, it was like homework every day, what? <laughs> and, and I really fell behind. And my first semester was probably my hardest because my grades were slipping because I wasn't staying on top of it. But then I really like pulled it together and I finished the semester with grades that I was really proud of. And then it's just becoming coming into a routine, like a study routine, a social routine that helped me and uh, balance everything. And so routine, that's something we often hear from the, the different guests on our podcast. What specifically did you do in your routine to make it sort of work for you? Study wise, like academic wise, I make a calendar and it's a monthly calendar and just what I need to do every day, I just put on there. And then when I'm working, I also schedule that. And then it's really easy to see like where your free time is like, oh, I can't do today, but I can do three days from now because I only have to study one chapter that day. Fair enough. And that, those schedules I hear are really good. In fact, I've just learned of the bullet schedule, which I'd never even heard of before as a, a nice artistic way to, to, to mix creativity with a schedule planning. So it sounds like people have got a lot of solutions for routine. What would you say has been the, the, the best thing about your transition to Ryerson? I think it would just be like the independence that you get from it. So in high school, the routine is given to you right? They tell you what chapter to study every day, what questions to do every day, and you have to ask to like leave class or whatever. And now all of a sudden you're downtown, you're an adult, you can do what you want. And within those freedoms, like you can still find a way to like be productive and, and academic, but on your terms. And I think with it, you acquire like a knowledge, not only about school, but about life and about yourself totally and i think that that's that self-awareness is probably one of the most powerful things you can get from a university education because you do push your limits but a lot of people struggle with that right um what do you think it is about your upbringing or the way you you tackle the world that 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 freedom is actually 
the best thing? I think I was always really responsible growing up. I played piano from the ages of three to 15. I was like taking lessons and now I just play for fun. But it was always like, my mom would just tell me, you have to play 30 minutes today. And I, I knew that I had to, and it wasn't like, there was no yelling, like you have to play. Like I just understood that this was something I needed to do. I never got like woken up for school, like uh, for school, I just set my own alarm clock by the age of like seven. Um, wow. I also am, I think pretty resourceful. Like I know when to, when I need help and kind of where to get those resources when I need them. Yeah, that's cool. And so, it, so you kind of had a very regimented upbringing, self-regimented or because of the situations. And so now you, do you ever feel, if, if that is the case, then you must feel anxious when you're not doing something. How do I, you relax? I schedule my relaxation time. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel relaxed is I can relax when I know that everything that is required is, is done. And then I'm not worried about anything else and I can really take that time and appreciate it because I know it's okay and I'm not procrastinating and I'm not going to suffer consequences later. Are you concerned that maybe that's not spontaneous enough or are you worried about spontaneity or screw those people? <laughs> like, it's not that important. Like do you, do you feel, how do you, how do you, I guess, how do you, you know, there's a lot of people that, that comes up in discussions all the time like this and some people would like to be more spontaneous and other people know that that's not their thing. Where do you sit on that argument? I don't, I'm not really concerned about that because like, I don't schedule like 4.30 to five o'clock watch TV. Like I just know, okay, I have the afternoon off and within that period of time, if anyone asks me to hang out or like see a movie or, or do anything, I can just do it within that time frame or reschedule so it fits. Or I can also move my schedule around like it's not set in stone. If someone wants to um, meet up one day or, or an opportunity presents itself, I can just look at my schedule and say, okay, I can move my this chapter to this day, this chapter to this day. And I know that by the end of the week or whatever, everything's still gonna be done. Very cool. What do you like least about Ryerson? I really don't know. That's a really hard question. I think I'm going to have to pass on that. Like there's really nothing about Ryerson that I dislike. And you know what, then that's not incriminating anyway for our faculty members who might be listening to it. So that's, that's why, that's why. Okay. So what, let's say as a student and maybe not as a student, but just in life, what inspires you the most? Probably my mom. I'd say actually hands down my mom. So she was always like, a single parent, but she was very hands-on with us. Like she would always do my homework with me and make sure that I'm not falling behind like an early childhood. And she was always very involved. I think she was, she would focus more on me and my, my sisters more than herself, which is, you know, sad for me now. Cause I'm like, mom, you need to like live for yourself. But, but growing up and it was amazing for growth, like as a child. And now I'm just like so thankful for her and like I don't even know how she did it. Very cool. No, I mean I think it's amazing to see how moms are are, are mastering this around the world and dads too, especially with COVID and the restrictions. And we just I just recorded a podcast earlier today and both those people said the exact same thing. Their mom and their family is what inspires them the most. Very cool. 
what okay so let's i want to just uh move to some some lighthearted questions here call them the rapid fire what what factoid do my peers know least about me know least about you know you do you know your oh, peers about me. oh okay, yeah about me know least about me um like sometimes i can be lazy i think a little bit I think I sound on the surface very organized, but I think I still procrastinate. And when I'm not working, I think my my nature is just to rest. <laughs> Lethargic. Yeah. <laughs> like and I maybe that's I, what... I, I present myself as a very like, I, I'm doing all these things and I'm always on schedule. But when I'm not on schedule, I, I mostly just hang out. Like when people are like, what are your hobbies? I'm like, I just, just kind of chill. <laughs> and I, remind me i think you said you were babysitting during last summer are you still are you still doing that taking care of uh neighbors kids yes so i'm currently only babysitting for one family but um that's like my favorite thing to do yeah and i think does that inspire like uh it's a weird thing to sort of say because i'm not trying to draw direct parallels but is it kind of you get to be the, the the same thing that your mother was to you a little bit is, because is that what you like the feeling of a little bit i think i also i'm the youngest but i kind of get a feel like a big sister so the boy that i'm babysitting i met him when he was in kindergarten and now he's like going into grade three and i'm like oh my god what happened like when did you get so so big but it also like knowing him for so long gives me an opportunity to kind of like you know, give my influences to him. And I also do teach him like little science facts as well and like get him excited about that. And it's it's nice to be able to to do that for somebody. You should give him some of these lab development projects to work on that we've been playing. <laughs> I think that would be a lot of a lot of fun to see what he would he would think. All right. So let's go to our next question. What famous person, current or otherwise, would you most like to go for dinner with and why? Probably Oprah. Uh, for a few reasons. My mom used to watch her growing up. And I remember like as a kid, always like hearing about the things that my mom and my mom's sister, like they would talk about her. And she's very like inspirational. She's very spiritual. And she really turned her life 180. Like she came from nothing. And she's a like she's given herself everything. Like she's made herself you know, one of the most powerful people. And she, she always just works on improving herself, even though like she's done so much as a person, she just never stops. Yeah, I think she'd be a fantastic role model for a lot. Well, she is a fantastic role model for a lot of people. And you're right, she's probably one of the most dynamic people out there in terms of what she's done and how she's influenced and changed the world. And she's not afraid to back away from really important social issues um and tenacious yeah I, I think she would be fantastic good choice good choice i might even put she's, that in my list now <laughs> she's also like she's the type to give back and and she's humble when she does it right she's she never makes anyone feel like um like she doesn't give people sympathy she gives them empathy and and it's nice to to have a role model like that very cool what's your favorite food probably chicken wings like what kind of chicken wings? Is there a particular establishment in, in Mississauga that you really like going to for chicken wings? I love to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and I love the honey garlic wings. Ooh, 
man, now I'm really hungry for wings. You've they just made me miss <laughs> fast food. That yeah, they also come with like really good fries and I, I love to go with my friends and we watch uh, like UFC there when it's on. You're a UFC fan. I'm not. I, my, my friends typically liked to, to watch it. And then a couple months ago, I started watching it and I, I just started getting into it. I don't know any of the people really, but it's, it's entertaining to watch, even if you don't know entirely what's going on. Like I'll sit there and I'll watch it and I'll get into the game. It's one thing that, so again, in that previous interview we just aired, that's what somebody said is they're the, who the person they'd go for dinner with, it would be a UFC person. And I always found it kind of violent. Like I'm not a big boxing or mixed martial art type of person. I mean, uh, to each their own, what, what people will like to watch, but the wings, I think I could, I think I could go for the wings. <laughs> <laughs> and right now it's the only thing on, right? Like it's the only thing that's actually being aired as a sport. So yeah, yeah I could see why it'd be uh yeah. Actually, have you ever had hot wings? Do you like spicy things? I don't like spicy things. I like okay. spicy, but not to the point where I'm like in pain. I can't taste things anymore. Yeah. So you probably uh -huh. wouldn't be interested in a wing eating contest. No. I've never <laughs> understood why people, I know that in like physiology courses, I've learned that that pain can be perceived as pleasure. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know how anyone can enjoy this sensation. Uh, I supported a friend, a friend of mine, James Jansen. He does listen to this podcast. He's out on the West Coast. We were in Calgary. And uh, he, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do it if somebody else does it. Little did I know, he won the competition. Like, first of all, he is amazing at, at just powering food into his mouth. Blew my mind um, that, he could, that he could stand these. And these things, like, I immediately, as soon as the competition was over, I think I did all right, but I was nowhere close to the top. I went to the bathroom and I washed my mouth out with soap. Not a word of a lie. Like I took that hand sanitizer tree soap and I just foamed it up so big and I just like all over my tongue and mouth and like spit it out as much as I could. It, I got destroyed, like just destroyed. And of course that, that feeling in your stomach for the next 12 hours, the next 36 hours are horrible. It's, it is not a good idea so i i know did it help by the way <laughs> did, did the soap yeah, uh leave pain it, it, a little bit uh, only because i tasted soap in my mouth because <laughs> <So laughs> the spice was it not because they had to make these stupid hot like these were stupid hot they weren't like the they weren't they weren't in the color they were not like the red color that you'd expect from hot things they were like this yellow really spicy mixture of stuff that just oh <laughs> I still remember the pain and the taste of soap. <laughs> it's an odd combination. I know. <laughs> so, so I don't believe anybody that could see pain, that kind of pain is pleasure. Oh my God. I like have maybe... one uncle and he brings hot sauce with him everywhere he goes. Like he comes to our house for dinner. He brings his like collection of hot sauces. Like he has multiple and he just has an, an unbelievable tolerance for the heat. <laughs> I just I'm in so much pain just just talking about this right like now. Okay, let's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's let's complete that. You can complete the sentence. So if I was not a student at Ryerson, I would like to be. I'd probably be in like another student or just another career option. What career would that be? Oh, I think I would be interested in going into the trades. I have a cousin who's an electrician. He just finished this year. And it just seems like a really hands-on job. And you can also, it's one of those jobs where you can have your own 
business and kind of work around your own schedule. And it just seems like something that would be interesting to do and you wouldn't really get bored of. Yeah, I think, I think building stuff with your hands. In fact, I just built like these massive stairs that from my back patio that have been quite a fun project. I love building things too. Is that what drew would draw you to that area? Or is it just, what, what is it that you think attracts you to that? I think it's a couple things. I think that it's a hands-on job. Like you're not going to be doing paperwork, things like that. Um, you just kind of build stuff. You're always with people. Like you always have your crew that can be like your little work family. And um, you know, your other, you're also helping people like build their homes, which is exciting. Cause I know people like to plan and you know um, about their like different lighting and like stuff like that. And I also like interior design. So I feel like if you're in lighting, you could be like, oh, there's a nice chandelier that you have. That's cool. No, you're right. Like it's hands-on, you crew. So that like hands-on, so you've been playing piano. You've always liked using hands. I guess you dislike paperwork based on what you're saying. <laughs> I like the idea that you have a crew cause you're very much about family and making a difference in people's lives. Same reason I assume that you're interested in going into healthcare. Tell us a little bit more about healthcare. What's drawing you to that field? So my mom is in healthcare. She is a dental hygienist. A lot of her friends consequently are either hygienists or dentists in that field. And so I've always been influenced by that when, when they talk. And it's just about like applying my skills and my knowledge to helping people. And it's, it's helping people in a very direct way. Like I'm in pain and then I'll get you out of pain, right? Like there's lots of different ways to help people, but I feel this is a, a great way that's pretty applicable to me and my skills. Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot of, I think your skills are quite vast, so I wouldn't narrow it down too much, but I think a lot of people also don't know what they can do with those skills, right? Like they're still very much your, the, the model is the one that you have in your family. So, um, and I always encourage people to, to look around because there's lots of ways you can impact people's lives. And even with that exact sort of broad sweeping goal, you can do it a lot of cool things that would make a difference. So that's awesome. Good, good on you. Okay. What is something in the top 10 of your bucket list? I want to go to every continent. A lot of why. our listeners said the exact same thing too, really? including Antarctica, including Antarctica. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Like really all we know as a, like as the human race is earth, we don't know much about space. The furthest we've been is the moon. So if this is all we know, I want to know it all. I want to see different cultures, different ways of life and just like have those experiences and, and be able to be in nature and all the different types of nature. Yeah, I would say Antarctica doesn't have any of those things except <laughs> nature, <laughs> its own. <laughs> have, you, have you traveled much so far in life? I've gone a few places. I've gone a lot of places in the U.S., including Hawaii, which was beautiful. And then outside, outside the Canada in the U.S., I've been to Italy and the Bahamas. And every time I go somewhere, you know, it's that like excite like you're excited to plan and then you're going and it's almost like um I don't know if you've seen those videos when people give kids gifts and they're it's it's a nothing gift it's like a banana or an avocado but the kid is so excited and I think it's because you get them excited beforehand and I think that's what makes traveling so great is you get so excited beforehand that every little experience you have when you're somewhere else is like 10 times what you expected 
is that do you coming back to your planning thing do you do you feel like that that's part of the reward of your planning because you you do plan things quite meticulously do you think that 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 raises the level of accomplishment at the end just more generally think so but generally when I travel I'm not really the one planning I haven't gone anywhere the last few years mostly it's been like as a teenager and as a, a child that I've I've done most of my traveling you know back when my parents would pay for it yeah. um, now it's like oh that's expensive but um but I, th I think so also it's like I want to see this this and this and then when you see them you know you've been thinking about it waiting like for it and and it's always better than what you thought hopefully yeah no it usually is and the experience is fantastic and you said hawaii and people who've not been to hawaii should definitely go to all of the islands of hawaii they're all fantastic in different ways awesome what would you say i think you already answered this what we'd be most grateful for is probably the same thing that inspires you is it's your mom i'm putting words in your mouth there but what would you say is your greatest achievement so far as a young person I think my greatest achievement is my relationship with my family. I feel like I'm still 19, I'll be 20 soon, but I feel like as a teenager, that's usually when people's relationship with their family is the weakest, right? Like you want to be independent, you want to go out with your friends, you want to be your own person. But I think that I'm, you know, I didn't, I didn't get old and realize that I've been missing my family and, and I, I don't have to have regrets later. <laughs> now you just made me think question my own existence with my family <laughs> oh no self-reflection is horrible um it's funny how during the podcast this has happened so many times where people have shared something personal like that and i'm like oh fuck that's what i should be doing <laughs> anyway. you can do it now yeah that's right in fact i will call my grandmother later today she's my oldest and i only have one person in that sort of age group or distant relative is still with us. So it's important that I do that. Um, awesome. What do you, what do you, what would you say is your greatest failure so far? What do you mean by greatest failure? Well, not the best failure, but what do you, what do you, what, where have you failed that you that maybe it hurt the most? Not physically, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe emotionally or, or maybe you continue to make a failure that is uh, something you can't correct that you really like to maybe just keeping up with friendships i know that when people start to get older and move away it's hard to maintain those relationships and maybe i wish i would have kept uh or put a little more effort into some of those <laughs> you did again stephanie <laughs> i'm like i'm making a to-do list right now you're Things gonna take out your high school yearbook and start yeah, no, calling no. people <laughs> <laughs> no, it's too far removed, but maybe I'll send, maybe I'll post the podcast on my Facebook page just so they know I'm alive. Um, <laughs> but more, I was just thinking too, that, you know, I, it's not me being cynical, but in, in careers and families and lives and things that we do as we get older, often those high school people are forgotten. And in fact, even the undergraduate people often get forgotten, unfortunately. Um, but certainly those adult friendships and adult relationships are really important to to keep because you know it reminds us that we're all in this together and now is a great time to to do that because we have the time awesome good words of advice even for somebody who should be not getting it <laughs> from a 19 year old <laughs> but I, but you know what why not we're all here to learn okay so what 
more globally maybe concerns you most about the future or personally it doesn't have to be globally probably just with politics and like coronavirus and that kind of stuff i feel like we're at a at a point as a society where a lot of shifts are happening like there's 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 so many issues going on in the media and i feel like with social media people are bringing a lot of issues to the forefront and and they're being very focused on and it's always whenever there's a change it's always really really uh, frightening like the not knowing what's going to happen you know there's like increasing population there's global warming and just seeing how that gets handled on a global scale like these huge issues yeah and it's kind of like you know if you had a band-aid and someone's going to tell you they were going to pull it off there'd be lots of anxiety until it happened right yeah. And even though you know it's, it's for your own good, <laughs> you, until you see how it all plays out, it is anxious. Yeah, well, that's good. And the world is, is seemingly while we're sitting here. And, and I think you must be doing okay, too, in terms of your circumstance. You know, we're quite privileged, both of us, um, that we have time to even do this. Uh, but, yeah, it's one of those things where you see it around you. And it's not, it's not so much... You, you see the injustices and you don't necessarily know how to correct them, right? The problem is so vast and we have more time to, to be introspective than maybe we were before. Yeah, one thing I am thankful for though is is the use of social media also is, is these issues are coming forward and especially by young people. And, you know, as, as scary as it is, I'm glad it's happening. Like, you know, I'm glad to rip off that Band-Aid so we can begin to heal. Yeah, and I think it, it, absolutely. That's no; those are wise words, and I think it's it's important that people remember that. And and I would and I would everybody, you know, like we talk about glass ceilings for women, or X for this, or Y for that, and and the injustices. And I I think it's really important that people remember that you, we don't know that they're injustices because our privilege doesn't allow us to see them. And it's not that we wouldn't be there to correct them if we knew that they existed, but it's very easy not to see injustice when things are so good in your own life, right? And I think that's a reminder even to a young person as yourself. Like, like if something's unfair and probably not unfair to you because that's an easy bias to apply. Everything can be unfair to you. But if you see an inequality for women emerging into careers, like you've got to speak up because well, there might be some people who disagree with you, there'll be lots of people who will be there to support you, right? And ally with you and people who could make the change. But often we don't speak up for fear of X, Y, or Z, whatever those things are. And that's, that's tragic because I think we could have, some of these problems could have been corrected if we would have addressed them more openly earlier. And then they don't get to this like boiling point, like a tipping point where they become really, really, aggressive or difficult to deal with right anyway just a little piece of advice since you've given me so much in this <laughs> <laughs> okay what is your uh, most productive time of day i would say mid-morning uh mid and it's because when i wake up i'm i'm tired and i like to have my breakfast do my routine and then get to work but by afternoon or evening i usually have run into distractions and you know, more focused on that. Yeah, run out of gas too, right? It's time to wind down instead of winding up. Very exactly. Cool. You mentioned playing the piano earlier. What other 
hobbies do you have? I, I actually, I guess you've also mentioned that you don't have hobbies, <laughs> but what, what would you say is your, is your favorite pastime? I have a couple. I've, I've taught myself how to play the ukulele. It's a fairly simple instrument, at least the level I'm playing at. It has four strings, so it's much easier than a guitar, and I just like to watch YouTube videos and learn songs. But I also have recently started doing yoga with my mom, uh, usually in the evenings, kind of like as a wind down activity, but it's also good physically. So that's something new that I've been enjoying. Yeah, especially when people get lethargic in that evening, sometimes to do that stretching and, and to do that, that little self-care is really, really awesome. Good for you. Did you uh, and I assume the ukulele you picked up when you were in Hawaii? No, I actually didn't. Um, for So I don't know if this, if this happened to you, but a lot of people that I know like played recorder in elementary school. And I did that for a few years, but then in grade six, they gave us ukuleles and I learned kind of the basics. And then in high school, I just picked it back up. Cool. Good for you. Anyway, it's, it is pretty cool. To, and I like the sound. And, and when I think of Hawaii, I think of a ukulele because I think that's where it comes from, right? It's a Polynesian instrument. Yeah. And, and they, the way they play it there is phenomenal. Versus like me, I kind of play all the genres. If I if there's a song I like, I see if someone has done it on YouTube and has like a simplified version. But the the traditional like ukulele music is is I can never play that. Yeah, uh, and yeah, me too. But it's so much fun to listen to, especially when you're enjoying a mai tai at some sort of tropical yeah. resort in Hawaii, sitting in the oh, sun. Yeah, just, just you know, doing what we do best, which is just uh, chill, as you said, because there's nothing more chill than a ukulele, ukulele and a mai tai. Yeah. All right, okay. So, what uh, piece of advice? I know you're just finishing. You've just finished your second year, but what if if you were to start the year again? What piece of advice would you give your second year self? Um, don't worry. Like my second year, and I, I think most people also, like the older, like upper years that I've spoken to said second year can be the most challenging. And I definitely found that it's been my hardest year um, so far. And just don't worry. Like it's everything works out in the end. What's meant to be will be. And just ride the ride. You're going to get it done. You're gonna get through it and it's gonna feel so fast like your class seems like so long ago in my mind it, and it seems just, like it was a long time ago <laughs> it was a long time ago so it's important to enjoy the journey what would you uh when did you were you able to do that like now looking back like what when do you find that 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 you were able to start to enjoy the journey i think throughout um in little spurts but as a whole, definitely towards the end of my second year. And I think it's just because I was so worried and working so hard for so long towards the end. I was like, I can't keep putting my life on hold. Like, I'm going to go see my friends that night and I'm going to, you know, not cancel on that birthday party. Like, I'm just going to find a way to manage it all. Yeah, no, totally. Stephanie, this has been amazing, and we could do this again. We probably will. We'll go for round three, somewhere closer to the end of the summer, just to check in again and see how things are going. But thanks so much for doing this and, and sharing your story with us on the pod today. It's always wonderful to get to know our classmates and peers and colleagues and alike. So thank you. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I always have such a great time. It's like such a great pick-me-up in the middle of my day. 
you should do Rai-San match. I, in fact, all of, all of our people should in the wintertime. It's so, it's, this is sort of like a Rai-San match thing that we would do quite often to get to know people. Because one day you're going to, like your six other family members are going to be alumni of Ryerson. And so we could also have you back then too. Now, of course, we could also just play your podcast and <laughs> yeah. we, we wouldn't have to have you back. Anyway, this has been fantastic. Uh, thanks again. Enjoy your sunshine and we'll catch up with you again soon. You too. Bye for now. All right, bye-bye.